If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the One Cause Church podcast with Pastor Eric Holler. I'm very excited about our new launch today, our one o'clock service. And if you just so happen to want to stay for that, you're welcome to. No takers. Okay. I didn't think so. I didn't think so. That's all right. Uh, Romans chapter eight. We're going to read a piece of scripture here. I want to, uh, of course, we're going to talk about our resurrected Savior, but I want to get into really uh, the practicality of it for us today. We know the miracle of it. We know the super, yeah, he knows it. You know the supernatural ability and power that was expressed when Jesus came roaring back to life. We know that God raised him from the dead, but sometimes we overlook that reality in our everyday Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday life. And it is, he got up. Jesus got up so that you can get up. Not just in the end, but every day of your life. Romans chapter 8 clues us in on this when it says, verse 11, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, If he dwells in you, the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead, if he dwells in you or if he lives in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body. Everybody say mortal body. Through his spirit who dwells in you. This word dwell means to dwell in one and influence him for good. So I want to just give you something to think about today because some some of you have come today simply for the tradition of Easter It's one of two days that you might come to church, Christmas and Easter, and we're very happy to have you. It's a time for the whole family to to go to church, get dressed up and come together, and and then, you know, after church, maybe go hunt some eggs, and and then uh, after that, scramble those eggs, or eat the boiled eggs, whatever you do with those eggs. I think everybody's eating plastic eggs now. When I was a kid, I wish we had plastic eggs. We ate hard-boiled eggs all day long. Whatever you, my dad always said, whatever you pick, you eat. So, you know, we weren't real motivated to choose a whole lot of eggs. Except there was always that pantyhose egg that they hid. The silver pantyhose egg always had the money in it, right? So we're always looking for that egg. Everything else was sulfuric nastiness. But it's a time for those kinds of things and, you know, eating a meal together with the family. And I love that. And some are here today because they're here every Sunday. They're going to be here whether it's Easter or not, right? (laughs) Because that's just what you do. Some of you are daring enough to even come on Wednesday nights. You'll even put an offering in on Sundays and Wednesdays. But... And some even, you know, download the, how many of you download our podcast? Let me see. All right. Six of you. All right. Six. Got six people downloading the podcast. Now, we have our our weekly uh, sermons put up on our podcast on our website. And uh, we actually have people from all over the world. We get this geographical map of where people are downloading from. All over the world, the message of One Cause Church is going. It's amazing. I might have not not have told you this story, but if I have, please bear with me because you're going to hear it again. Because it really helped me understand the importance of our podcast and, and just how impacting it is. A friend of ours, um, a, 
a boy I, knew, I know from Christ for the Nations. He's from Chicago. His name was Joe. And Joe was telling me last summer that he went back to Chicago for the summer to do some work to raise some more money for school. And while he was there, they, uh, they had hired a Mexican man to help them move. And so as they were moving the furniture, the man had kind of broken English. And so Joe was trying to just spark up a conversation with him. And being a, a Bible school student that he was, he thought this would be an opportunity for him to use his skills and things he's learned to, to present Christ to this man. And so he just began to work up a conversation with him and found out pretty quickly that the man was a Christian. And, um, and then somehow the conversation got around to sermons and, and the man told him that he listens to these messages from a preacher in Texas, a church called One Cause Church, and he downloads those podcasts and he said, One Cause Church, that's my church. He said, Pastor Eric Holly? He goes, yes, that's him. Right in the middle of Chicago meets some strange guy who listens to our sermons. That's awesome. Why, don't, why was I saying all that? Oh, I don't know. But some of you just can't get enough of the marvelous teaching and preaching here, so you got to download it and keep listening to it, even when we're not having services, and I appreciate that, all six of you. Whether... Whether you're an annual church goer or a weekly church goer or somewhere in between, I, wanna, I want us to be reminded today that the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ is not just about him coming out of the grave, and it's not just about us leaving earth to go to heaven someday. Resurrection is about the power of the Holy Spirit that gives life to our mortal bodies, not immortal, our mortal bodies. Now, that's extraordinary to me. He helps you while you're in your mortality. Some of you are feeling immortality today more than ever. Hopefully, that changes before you leave here today. Hopefully, you get to feeling better. The natural part, that limited part, that earthly part is that part of life can be very difficult at times. And, but the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead gives life to you right now while you're in your state of mortality. I don't know about you, but that encourages me to the bone. That it's not just about a previous event, it's not just about a future event. It's a right now reality. While I live, while I inhale, while I exhale, while I walk, while I talk, while I hear, while I live here, the Spirit is here to give life to this body. In other words, he can lift you up in the circumstances of life while you're on your way to being lifted up to eternal life. Resurrection is not just about Easter nor leaving earth, but it's about embracing every day the reality of that empty tomb. You know, we live in a world that continually lives down to its worst. If you don't agree with me, watch the news for five minutes. It's continually living down to its worst, but God is trying to get us to live up to our best. Most people are looking down. Most people are thinking down. Most people are living down to their worries. They're living down to their addictions. They're living down to their weaknesses. But God has called us 
to live up. Live up to his will. Live up to his pleasure, to his purposes and his destiny for your life. Jesus comes to lift us up above the negatives of this world. Through the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit, you and I can rise up to a higher level of life. God said it like this. My ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. He didn't say that to mock us. He showed us, he said that so that we can look up to something greater than what we are experiencing. So that we can set our sights on something higher and better than what we know right now here in the natural. Because as a child of God, you have a better reality than what you see and feel and taste and touch and see in this body. And it's the reality of a risen Savior and all the power that comes with that and all the, the blessing and the favor and the grace that has, that has opened up to us because he came out of a tomb. My thoughts are higher. My ways are higher. So if you and I can embrace this reality of resurrection as more than just a, a holiday theme, but that it's the resurrection power of Jesus lives in me now, today. What if we got resurrected every day? What if... We, when we felt like living down to this natural world, that we let the power of God raise us up to a better way of life. Every moment, every day. You believe in being raised up the last day. But don't wait till the last day. Why wait till you leave earth to experience the power of his resurrection? God, get resurrected right now so that you can be effective right now. He wants to lift you now. Say that. He wants to lift me now. See, what if we believed that? What if we expected that? What if we looked forward to that? What if we set our eyes on that? When I'm acting down, I'm going to embrace the power of the Holy Spirit right here, right now. When I'm feeling down, when I'm physically tired, when I'm emotionally drained, I'm going to trust the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit to lift me up. It's possible. It's possible. Now watch, Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene was a wonderful woman who served Jesus' ministry. She was delivered from great darkness. And Jesus had no problem overcoming the darkness inside her and helping her rise to another life. Mary Magdalene. I'm glad God believes in women in ministry. Mary Magdalene went to that tomb looking for Jesus when all of his guys were scared, locked up in the house. But Mary Magdalene went looking for him. And the scripture teaches us in John chapter 10 that it was still dark when she went and when she arrived at the tomb. You know, even in the darkest hour of your life, that's the time to look for Jesus. That's the time to look up. Even in the weakness of that sin, that's the time to look up. The scripture says that where sin abounded, grace much more abounded. What that means is at that location, at the place where sin abounds, that's when you go, I need grace. Right now, because grace is what causes you to overcome every weakness, every sin, every 
defeat that you have ever faced. The scripture teaches us that you're not under the law, you're under grace. Therefore, sin shall not have dominion over you. That's why I preach grace. Hardcore here. Because if I preach the law to you, then I give you the power to sin. See, preaching the law is the license to sin, not grace. Preaching grace is a license to freedom over sin. Because grace comes from God, not from you. If you're trusting in your own ability, in your own do's and don'ts, your own little checklist, ladies and gentlemen, you're living a menial Christian life. You've not yet tapped into the power of God and what he can do for you. You want to live holy, you want to live right, you have to give up on yourself and trust his power. Trust that resurrection power that's in you right now. Hallelujah. Jesus can help you and lift you even while it's dark. God works well in the dark. He can see right through it. He stepped out in the deep blackness of space and said, let there be light. And there was light. He's not worried about it. He's not scared of the dark. And he can step right into your dark situation and bring light and lift you out. I want to read first, uh, Colossians chapter 1, the amplified version. Verse 13 says this. The Father has delivered and drawn us to himself. I love that. Out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love. See, the scripture teaches us that God has loved us with an everlasting love. Before the world ever came, God loved us. Before, was ever, before the foundation of the world, before God ever even spoke, let there be light, he loved us before that happened. Before the foundation of the world, Christ was already crucified. He was slain from the foundation of the world. God set all this up. He made this, put this plan together just in case man sinned. Aren't you glad that he had a plan when we failed? Aren't you glad it didn't take God by surprise? Right? Think about it. He's standing there. There's Adam, there's Eve, and there's the serpent. They're all caught in the act. He says, Adam, did you eat of the tree I told you not to? Because Adam said, I was afraid. Well, Adam had never even known fear. That had never even been in their conversation on those days when they walked together in the cool of the day. And this day, God comes looking for him, and Adam wasn't at the meeting place. He said, Adam, where are you? He said, I was afraid. Afraid? Did you eat of the tree I told you not to? Watch Adam. The woman that you gave me, <laughs> she told me to eat it. And so I did. Very first cop-out right there. And men ain't changed since. <laughs> so here's Eve. She follows Adam's example. The devil made me do it. <laughs> so God stands there and looks at him. And I'm, I'm just really grateful that he didn't say, you know what, I'm going to have to cool off for about 400 years. I'll see you guys later. I, gotta, I don't know what to do. No, he immediately started saying what was going to happen. He said, this woman's seed and your seed, the seed of the serpent, are going to be at enmity, are going to be at war with one another, but he's going to crush your head, and that's going to be the final thing. This whole thing is going to all be reversed and reconciled and made right by him. 
And John, 1 John chapter 3, verse 8 says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. See, Jesus came to planet Earth acting like it had been invaded by an evil force. He didn't come here going, peace. <laughs> Man, Earth is gnarly, dude. You guys want to hang out with me? No, this is, you got to be kidding. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. I came for war because the kingdom of darkness has a stronghold here, and I'm here to unravel its power so that men can be free. I'm here to redeem that which was stolen to take back the image of God and bring men right back into right relationship with God. Jesus isn't my homie. He's my Lord. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you, you look even more resurrected. <laughs> Mary gets to the tomb. Mary gets to the tomb. The stone's been rolled away. Not so that Jesus can get out, but so that we all could look in and see that he is God. Even as the, the angel said, he's not here. He's risen, just like he said. This curse that's on the earth, the spirit of the world, this enemy that we face in the world will constantly look for a way to pull you down. He's continually trying to push you down. The circumstances of life are pressure to push you down, to hold you down. And if he can't pull you down physically, then he's going to try to pull you down emotionally. And if he can't pull you down emotionally, he's going to try to pull you down financially. If he can't pull you down financially, he's going to try to pull you down relationally. If he can't do it relationally, he's going to do it spiritually. But he is going to do whatever he can to keep you down, to make you sit down and shut up. Because he's not your friend. Jesus said, the thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have better news than that, Jesus said. I came that you might have life and enjoy life to the full. Jesus told the sick, to the sick, get up. Rise up. Be well, be strong. He told the man in Luke chapter 5, let's look at that for just a moment. Which is easier to say? He's talking to the religious people as this man's laying there paralyzed, and they're all thinking, well, is he going to heal him? I mean, how could you be upset about somebody getting healed? Right? But they're constantly this way. Oh, is he going to do that on the Sabbath day? Is he going to mess up our whole religious order here? A man is sick. Do you, are you a human? Your sins are forgiven. He said, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or to say, rise up and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately, he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on. Hey, so that not only did Jesus get this guy up on his feet, but apparently he was strong enough to carry his bed home too. Got all his strength back. And departed to his own house, glorifying God. See, when we rise up, God gets the glory. When we come up and we lift are lifted up, God gets glorified. Every time you overcome, every time you have a healing testimony, every time you have a victory, every time you pass by that temptation, every time that you don't give in, every time that you dig in your heels and, and stand, God gets the victory. God gets the glory. 
Peter watched Jesus do this for three and a half years plus, and then he heard Jesus say, these works you will do, and even greater. And then we find after Jesus is risen from the dead and seated at the right hand of the Father, Peter goes around acting like what Jesus said was true. Acts chapter 3 tells us that him and John were going to pray, and they met a lame man on the way there at the place called the Gate Beautiful, and he had been lame from his mother's womb, born crippled. And he's 40 years old at this point, 40 years And he'd been carried every day to this gate so that he could ask alms. He completely depended on on other people for his survival, for his living. Couldn't even get there. He had to get people to carry him and then just put out his hand and hope that somebody would throw a a few bucks in his hand so that he could go get him a Happy Meal at McDonald's. (laughs) Every day, this day, was like any other day. But that night, he would go to bed like no other day. He would walk home. Peter said, I don't have what you're asking for. The silver and gold, I don't have what you're asking for. But I have exactly what you need. So what I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took the man by the hand and he stood up on his feet. And the Bible says immediately his ankles and bone, his ankles and feet received strength. And he went walking Walking and leaping and praising God. He made go to Sunday school. To the confused, to the discouraged, Jesus says, lift up your eyes. Look up. I have a future and a hope for you. I have a plan. Your Your trouble, your mistakes, your failures, they haven't changed my plan. My plan is still here. And I'm on your side. And if you'll embrace that, then you will continually live in the realm of anything is possible. Jesus told his disciples, lift up your eyes. The harvest is ready. The harvest is ripe. It's ready. It's yours for the taking. Ah, there's no jobs. I can't get a job. I can't get ahead. It's the Democrats' fault. It's the Republicans' fault. It's the IRS. I do agree with that. It's the IRS. It's somebody else's fault. Hey, look up. His ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. Don't get caught up in the spirit of this world. Don't get caught up. Don't let these devils drag you down. Don't let them grind you down. Don't let them keep you down. Stand up. Be strong. Know that God is with you. Because he who raised Jesus from the dead is here to help you right now, even in your mortal body. To the poor, he says, stand up against that poverty and lack and shortage. Don't allow it. Don't expect it. Don't accept it. Don't allow yourself to be undertrodden by that spirit. God did not create man and put him in a desert. God created man and put him in a garden of abundance. He created us for prosperity. Jesus said, I came that you have, may have life and life to the full, life more abundantly. So to the poor, he says, don't let the enemy push you down. I know we're supposed to have pity for the poor, and we do. But on the other hand, let's help them by telling them you can stand up. You can rise up. You can overcome. 
We're not going to help the poor by creating a welfare system to keep them poor and weak. We've tried it. It doesn't work. If we handed out all of the wealth of the world evenly, distributed it evenly among everybody, guess what? The poor would get poor again and the rich would be rich again. Because it's not a money problem. They're looking down. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. The gospel means good news. Well, what is good news to a poor man? You're going to be poor the rest of your life. Your daddy was, your grandpa was, that's just what you came up in. No, what's good news to a poor man? You don't have to be poor no more. That's good news. You don't have to be poor anymore. Through resurrection life, you can rise above that. Yeah, we give to the poor. We, we give groceries in, in our Dallas location. We give clothes and help out the needy to come out. But here's the thing. We can only do so much. The gospel exceeds any man's ability. In it is life. I would say just get rich and prosper just to make the devil mad. I mean, think about why is it in the community of poverty that, that we see so much trouble, more crime, more laziness, sickness. Why? Because it's of the devil. It's not of God. Religious people say, oh, that poverty, that's good. No, it's not good. We were never designed for that. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, sure, keep them poor so they can do nothing and go nowhere and be very ineffective in this world. But the scripture says, I'm not going to believe what religion says. I've got to believe what the Bible says. The Bible says, he, though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, that we through his poverty might become rich. Now I looked it up in the Greek, and it's talking about material wealth. Get over it, religious person. Just believe what the Bible says, not what your denomination teaches you. Well, all right. Happy Easter. (laughs) But better than any of these things of reaching out, and we do, and lending a hand is to give them a message that they can stand up, that they can rise up. Amen. Maddie Claire, my oldest, our oldest. Yeah, we, we did that together, didn't we? All right. She actually did all the work. Maddie Claire, we have three wonderful children, but you always remember the first one, I guess, the mo- I, don't, I do anyway. I mean, that was because everything was a new experience. And watching her grow up and, and began to try to pull herself up was an amazing thing to watch. As I told the earlier service, she was about six years old when she decided to start doing this. She's a real late bloomer. We could talk. She could eat. She just, I'm just kidding. No, she, she was a little later than normal, but she, but she came around. <laughs> I'll never forget the time that she took 11 steps. Right out in front of our church in San Angelo, we had been having a dinner or something that night, and we were out on the sidewalk, and Maddie Claire, Heather was behind her, and I was saying, come on, come on. 
And she always had her mouth wide open. She still does sometimes. <laughs> like this. I mean, we kind of, look at this, 11 steps. I mean, it was glorious. It was wonderful. But cheering her on, I, I, but I was always amazed at watching her process. Babies aren't quitters. Babies are, they keep on going. I saw that kid fall and smack her head on the floor, get a black guy from the corner of the, the, the coffee table, but she'd just get back, get back up. What is that in them? That's a God instinct to rise up, to stand up, to not let your circumstances hold you down. The baby keeps pulling up because they've got so many more tomorrows than they do yesterday's. We'd be in trouble if we saw our babies all of a sudden start going, I give up. I'm not doing this anymore. The pain is too much. I can't go any further. I've experienced way too much. Change me. Feed me. No. And we we don't ever suppress our children either. We don't ever tell her, no, 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 don't walk, don't walk. I mean, inside we're kind of thinking that. <laughs> don't grow up so fast. But, but no, you're always encouraging them. Get them back up, even when they're crying. All right, get back up. Let's go. Because we're made to rise up. We're made to be lifted up. We're made to come up. The spirit of a conqueror lives on the inside of us. Years go by. A few discouragements a few falls, and the devil tries to convince you to stop standing. And you let the world and the spirit of this world put you down. God paid too great a price for you to be down. Jesus got up. You can get There was a little boy in church with his mom who was standing in the chair. And she said, sit down. He said, no, mom, I can't see. So he stood there and she sat down. I told you to sit down. Mom, I can't see. I want to see what's going on. Well, she finally got frustrated with him and she grabbed his arm. She yanked him down on his rear end. She said, I told you to sit down. He looked up at her. He said, On the outside, I'm sitting down, but on the inside, I'm standing up. (laughs) Stand up on the inside. Know that the inner man, that's who you really are. Let that person stand up. Let your spirit come alive. Let that resurrection power be released. Hallelujah. Even in this mortal body, God is there to help you in your every weakness. There's a scripture that I really love. I'm going to finish with this thought. There's a scripture that I just, every time I look at it, I just think, God, you are so Good. I mean, it just, it astounds me that God is this good. And at Romans chapter 8, it says that, uh, that if we hope for what we do not see, then do we with patience or endurance wait for it. If we hope for what we don't see, we wait for it eagerly with patience. And then the next verse says, likewise, or in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Yeah. Now, that, that amazes me. Yeah. In the very same way that you hope for what you don't see, the Spirit has a hope for you. That even in your weakness, 
he believes you're going to get stronger. He's not standing back there. I mean, this helps me because when I, sometimes when I think about God and I think about me, <laughs> I think about, why are you even paying attention? How many have ever repeated the same sin? You've done one thing and you've done it more than once. And you cried about it and you said, I'm sorry, but you found yourself doing it again. Come on, I need, I need your hands right. I'm two hands, I'm... Huh? Yes. Right? And what do we think? We come to God. <laughs> I know. I know what you're thinking. Here I am again. And yet he's not thinking. Otherwise he's unjust. Otherwise, he's not faithful. Otherwise, he's not who he says he is. When he said that I'll take your sins and throw them as far as the east is from the west, which is infinitely apart, and remember them no more, then he had to mean what he said. God forgot that you sinned. People say, God knows everything. He doesn't know I sinned, and I'm grateful for that. He can, he could know it if he wanted to, but he just chose to forget. Come on, listen to me. That way, when you come to him again, it's a whole new thing. He doesn't have some track record saying, well, you, yeah, mm-hmm, 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 and so here you are again. And you expect me to forgive you, even though I know what you're going to do. You're going you're gonna to get to feeling good, and you're going <sighs> to... Okay, good. get it all cried out. But when the pressure's on, you're going to do this again. You're going to find yourself right here again. See, he doesn't think like you and I think. That's low thinking. God, his ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. And when you come to him, that's why, ladies and gentlemen, he tells us one way to come before him, boldly. You have to believe that he has forgotten your sin. So that when you can come to him again, it's a whole new thing. It's a whole new experience. And there's grace for you there. And there's mercy for you there. You can come boldly because you can know that God doesn't hold your sin against you. Otherwise, what he did to Jesus was not right. It's it's wrong for him to punish Jesus and then punish you too. But Jesus got blamed for what you did. That's the greatest thing about Christianity. See, Christianity, amongst all other religions of the world, it's not just one other religion. Christianity is the opposite of religion. You can line up all of the religions. They all basically have one theme, that you do things to get better. Now, unfortunately, there are a lot of Christians that think that about their walk with God, that they have something to do about their salvation. I'm completely dependent upon Jesus for that. I can't do that myself. But they do. They're hoping for a better afterlife or a better end by climbing this ladder of good works. And this mentality that all roads lead to God. And I will say, I do agree with that. Right straight to the judgment seat of Almighty God. They all will end up there. That's not going to be a good place to be, though. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father. Oh, man. You're telling me that Jesus has made a road that you get to go past the judgment seat to the Father. I'll take that road any day of my life. 
And it wasn't a road that any man could build. It was a road that God built to man to ensure that we could be with him in heaven. There is assurance on that road. There is life on that road. There is truth to be known on that road. And today, we live in a resurrection reality so that we can know the way tomorrow. We can know the truth tomorrow. We can know life tomorrow in this mortal body. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him. Aren't you glad that you are a whoever? Whoever. That's the greatest invitation. Whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Every head bowed for just a moment, every eye closed, about to receive communion. But I want to just ask you this question. Today, you've come here today. This is the time of remembrance. It's a time of celebrating. It's a time of reflecting and looking to God. But maybe you're here today and you have not received what Christ came to give you, that you don't have that right now reality of resurrection life because you have not accepted this fact, this truth, that Christ died for your sins, that he was buried in a tomb, and that he rose again three days later. See, all that he did there, all that he did there was everything necessary for us to have a good relationship with God. And the truth is, you have to come to a place in, in your life where you say, okay, I'm, what I'm doing is not cutting it. And you understand that your weakness to help yourself in your relationship with God, because we are all weak. The scripture says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I'm glad that the news didn't stop there, but that God made a way for us to come up. We could never be like God. So God became like us. God became a man, born a baby, and walked this earth and showed us how to live in this power, even in this physical body. And he loves you. And he doesn't hold your sins against you. He already did that to Jesus for you. He laid everything that you've ever done or ever will do on his son. And all you have to do is do this, believe. It's one thing to know that God died for the world, but to accept that he did it for you, well, that makes it personal. The scripture teaches us this. If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Receive this free gift of salvation today. What a great day to do it on Resurrection Sunday. Easter Sunday. If you're here today, say, Pastor Eric, that's me. I don't know God. I don't know Him. I don't have that power working in my life. I've been trying to make my own way, doing my own thing. But today, I want to know Him. I want to invite Jesus into my life to change me and to make me new. I want to be saved today. Are you here today? Just raise your hand. I want to pray with you. Just between me and you and God. Let me see your hand. All right, good, good. All right, how about if you're here today and you say, Pastor Eric, I'm like the prodigal son. I know him, but I've been away from him. I've been making the wrong decisions. I've not been 
looking at, looking for this power, this resurrection power. I've not been leaning on that. I've been totally living my life for myself in, in my own strength. And I'm tired and I'm done this way. I'm done doing it. I, I, I want to just freshly surrender to God. I want to say, Father, I'm coming back home. If that's you, would you please raise your hand? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. I want us all, if we could, let's just pray this prayer together today. This, this prayer, these are simply words for me to lend to you. Really, it's faith in God that saves you. Let's just say this together. God, I accept Jesus' free gift of salvation. I believe Jesus Christ died for my sins. I believe he was buried. And I believe he rose again three days later. I believe he is seated next to God praying for me. I believe he is on my side. Jesus, I confess you are Lord. Thank you for washing away all my sins. I receive your blood and all the power that comes with it. By your blood, I am free. Free from sin. Free from fear. Free from worries. Free from depression. Free from the darkness. Free from the power of the devil. For the rest of my life, I'm yours. I surrender to you. Use me. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We want to invite you to join us in service Sundays at 9.30 or 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Go to onecausechurch.com for location and events. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at One Cause Church. If you would like to partner with our ministry, you can now donate securely online. Just click on the link located on the front page of our website at onecausechurch.com.